I want to get right into this message because I have a lot to cover this morning. So if you would open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, I started a mini-series last week on the signs of the end times. Why preach a series like this? What is the purpose, really? I've had some people say, because um, I've actually had some pastors ask me, why do you preach end time messages at your church? And their comment is kind of like this. It's always, it's always uh, kind of like saying, I don't preach it because I'm not an expert. Like, they don't preach it because they're not an expert. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you, I'm not an expert at all. But if the Bible is the Bible and it's the Word of God, we should probably preach it. Amen? We should probably talk about it. And especially at the beginning of Revelation, what does it say in the first verses? It goes, blessed is the person that reads this and understands it. So come on. So we, we need to be able to understand what God is saying in his word. So this morning, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. But I want to start off by reading this, this chapter or this couple verses right here as to why. Okay, ready? Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers or mockers will come in the last days. How many people know we're living in the last days? At least you should. You know, with scoffing, they're going to be mocking, following their own sinful desires. They're going to turn away from God and follow their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, or that means died, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning. What is this basically saying? There's going to be people saying, oh, we've been talking about the end times forever. He's never going to come back. And the temptation when that happens is for you to do what? Sin. To do what you want to do, thinking there is no expectation, come on, for judgment, no expectation for his return. Hey, Let's be honest. If we thought he was coming back next year, how much would that change your life? Hopefully it doesn't change it very much. But if it does, then maybe you're falling into this category. You've got to be careful. We've got to recognize that every day, um, every day that we live, we have to live as if it could be our last day. Amen? So this is important. I've listened to a lot of people that are a lot more knowledgeable than me, that have studied this a lot more knowledgeable than me, and most of them say the same thing. We are close now, why, why do I say that? When the tribulation period, which you know is a seven-year period of time, I'm not going to get into too much, but the seven-year period of time, when those shadows are being cast on us, you understand what I'm saying? When we can see them from a distance, that means we're pretty close. So some of the things that had to take place, Israel had to be a nation. Why did Israel have to be a nation? Because in the end times it says that all the countries, the armies of the world are going to march against Israel. The Antichrist is going to march against Israel. Israel needed to be a nation. When did that happen? But think about that. From the time that Jerusalem was destroyed, from the time Israel was destroyed as a country, as a nation, think about that. That prophecy had to come to pass, and it took around 2,000 years for it to come to pass. That was one of the first things. So when that happened, all these end-time experts go, oh, no, we are now getting prepared. What was the next thing? Some of the other things. I talked about it last week. What? Technology had to get to a point where everybody could have a mark and it be categorized and known around the world. How many people know if I can send a text to anybody I want around the world, right? You can watch anything around the world. Revelation, it says one, chapter 1, verse 7, that every eye will see his return. That was impossible until just in the last century or so. So we're seeing all this stuff take place. Again, there's going to be a great falling away. That, wasn't, that never took place. It hasn't taken place until now. We see that taking place. So all these signs of the times have become, you know, speeding up, have come to the place where it's, it's close. It's very, very close. So 
That's why I'm preaching a message like this, because there's going to be people that are going to say, oh, you've been talking about this for so long. Listen, I don't care if you've been talking about it since the 80s. That's not that long ago. <laughs> Think about it. It's crazy. People are like, oh, my gosh, you've been talking about this for five years. Five years, really? Talk to Abraham about waiting for a kid. hundred years. Come on. Sometimes it takes patience, but I'm telling you, there's signs that we can see taking place. And, and in the distance, if you look, you can see the systems and things setting up. So there's going to be a pressure to ignore the end times or to depreciate it. Like I said, I've had people ask me, why do you preach on it? You know, you probably should preach on things that are a little more happy. Honestly, I, 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 I want to encourage you and I'm going to do my best to encourage you. But my, my driving thing inside of my soul that I can't get out is I've got to educate you. I've got to get you prepared for what's coming. Because if I don't prepare you, you're going to be too soft to handle it. Bible says there's going to be difficult times that come, and we have to be strong Christians to know what the Word of God says so we can stand. Amen? Amen. I don't want to be the one that turns, that's, that's deceived. Amen? So, as I'm saying, while my answer is this series, Jesus gave us signs that would take place to prepare us, and everything is coming into order for it to happen. We should know not just for ourselves, not just for ourselves, Say, not just for ourselves, but to warn others, to prepare others, right? That what we know and what's taking place. Don't listen to the skeptics. They're always going to want to lessen the impact of the Word of God. So last week I shared, again, you can, you can check it out yourself, but I shared on technological advances and how now uh, they're at a place where they can usher in the end times. I talked about digital currency. I just had a friend of mine called Josh Shedden send me a text this morning saying, a digital yacht just sold for how much? 650,000, a digital yacht. I also shared how evil's increasing. I talked about the Astro World con concert and, and how even non Christians were sensing there was such a spirit of death there and there's a spirit of evil in that place. And people died, and there's all kinds of conspiracies, and I'm not going to go into those. But I want to tell you right now, you're going to see more and more, and mark my words, you're going to see more and more demonic revivals taking place where unsuspecting children, kids, are going to be invited to concerts and things like that, and they don't know what's happening. They're giving their souls over and, and, and basically opening themselves up to. Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, all speak about the end times, about evil increasing. To put this into perspective, as I'm about ready to, to, to finish a series, the evil is going to be so great at the end times, and we're already seeing some of it. Like I, it, It's amazing to me. It's going to be so great that when Elijah called down fire in the Old Testament, where everybody didn't have the Holy Spirit, the people repented. In the book of Revelation, it says the two witnesses are going to call fire, and it's going, to want, it's going to cause the people to want to kill them. Think about that. One group of people that were without the Holy Spirit, but yet it brought such conviction for them to repent. And we're going to get to a time where people are going to become so numb to sin so used to it, so dumbed down that the very presence of holiness is going to cause those people to want to extinguish it. Amen. So the devil is slowly numbing and conditioning. I think people know this, uh, people to what is taking place. Um, the increase of evil things that have taken place in the last 20 years has, has like, it's like growing with technology. It's happening so quickly. Uh, the devil's just conditioning us with all that's taking place, he's getting us used to seeing violence, selfishness. I mean, you can't even go 
really on the internet anymore and watch videos without seeing every other video as some fist fight or some fight that happened in a store or some road rage thing that's taking place, some act of violence that's taking place in the heart of people. There's so much anger and frustration and it's spilling out all over the place. This numbing conditioning is going to get us to a place where no evil action will even be noticed. It's just going to be commonplace for evil to be taking place around us. Instead, I see it being celebrated, right? We've reached a point where to live holy, to live righteous, to live according to the full counsel of the Word of God is considered narrow-minded, bigoted, racist, and naive. I re- I'll never forget, um, you know, going back, everybody at least used to watch the halftime Super Bowl shows, right? And they'd have the best performers, and it'd be really exciting. But I'll never forget the wardrobe malfunction, where a woman's body was shown to the world accidentally. And I remember the uproar that that caused in a lot of circles. Like, kids were watching this. What are you doing? So forth. And now the same thing happens, and no one even talks about it. It's just, it's, it's okay. You know, the ward shows the women wearing some of the dresses they wear. It's just commonplace now. And I just keep thinking, it's numbing us. It's numbing us. It's conditioning us. It's slowly conditioning us to regard violence, death, sex, hatred, acts of revenge, dishonoring of God's original tent for a man and a woman as normal, and you are persecuted if you disagree. And Isaiah says in 520, it goes, declare to this day, he says, woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We see that happening right before our eyes, right? People are calling good evil and evil good. And Second uh, Timothy 4, verse 1 through 4 says, For the time will come when they, the world, will not endure sound doctrine, but will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Basically, I explain it there, what he's talking about. He's saying, wanting to hear only gratifying words of affirmation rather than the truth which would convict them for their sin. So again, what you're seeing is, and I'm, I want to be honest with you, it's invading the church where you're having less and less people talk about sin because sin's not popular. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not gratifying to the flesh, right? What you want me to do is high five you, rub you on the back and pass out cotton candy because that's fun, right? And I like having fun. I, I love messages that are encouraging. I want to fire you up. Come out of this place. Woo, I can do it. I'm more than an over, you know, great. I love those messages. But the reality is we're living in a time where we need the conviction of the Lord in our lives so that we're living holy lives set apart. And so there's a time coming, and I believe we are now seeing this time. All these signs are taking place, and we're seeing them, where people are, are basically surrounding themselves with people that tell them what they want to hear. I've said before, you know, don't hang out with people that make you comfortable all the time. Hang out with people that maybe are who you want to become, that maybe rub you the wrong way a little bit, that step on your toes a little bit. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hang out with people that convict you a little bit. Amen? It's good. It's important that we do that. Now catch this. According to a Barna Group study, as of 2019, right prior to COVID, less than 30% of Americans attend church. Now with COVID, it's even less. Presently, there are only one out of four Americans practicing Christianity. 25% of America right now are practicing Christianity. And so the country that is founded on the Word of God... Christian biblical principles and doctrines, can we now understand why it seems like our country's falling apart? Because we no longer honor God as first and foremost in our lives. And people that are running our country no longer seek God. And I feel comfortable and confident saying that. 
So today I want to go into the third point, the fourth point, and the fifth point. The third point is the supernatural. These are some of the signs. Now this is, uh, uh, let, me, let me put it in today's lingual, ling, linguistic language. Ready? The paranormal. Because that's what they understand. I call it the supernatural. For them, it's the paranormal. Ready? In first, or Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, The coming of the lawless one, or the Antichrist, will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. So we can be sure as much as we want to see signs and wonders, and God's going to do different things in the sky and in the earth and different crazy things, the devil's also going to be doing his thing. Thing, doing signs and wonders. Now, I want to touch on a couple of them this morning because I think uh, when we think of signs and wonders, sometimes we think like he's going to do like a circus show, like some big crazy thing, and we're all going to like bow down to him. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be more subtle, if I could say that. There's going to be an increase of supernatural combined with demonic activity that serves the, pur- pur- uh, the purposes of Satan. As we grow closer to this period, we'll begin to see the demonic get more and more bold. Come on, quit being shocked by it. I think some people right now are being a little overwhelmed by demonic activity. I'm telling you, as he gets closer to the end, the Bible says his wrath is going to increase because he knows his days are short. So he's going to show himself stronger and stronger. He's even going to make some missteps because he knows his time's running short. So he's going to try to take as many people as he can with him. And so he's going to do anything within his ability to try to see this take place. How many people know if the devil appeared right now in all his hideousness and said, boo, most of you'd be like, oh my gosh, we need God. Y'all would be praying, right? If he appeared on a stage, on a music award stage, and just appeared like next to Travis Scott and went, I'm the devil, you know, most people would be like, ah, Jesus. He's not going to work that way. He knows it'll turn you to God. It'll scare you. So he works in subtle ways behind the scenes, numbing us slowly by slow, slowly, slowly, little by little, getting us to the point where we start accepting some of the things he's doing without even realizing it. So how does he do it? I'm going to tell you, it's very simple. Ready? The pandemic, natural means. I've already shared, I believe this wholeheartedly. I've heard enough people talk about it. I believe this virus has something spiritual attached to it. Fatigue, fear, cloudy minds, depression, anxiety, amongst many other things. Every month, it seems we're hearing about another variant just popped up this week that's more contagious and more deadly, and the virus has literally gripped the world in fear. Now, listen, we have a responsibility because it's a real virus. This isn't made up. This isn't fake. But the response to it has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the sick part of it. I'm talking about the covering and the, and the fact-checking and the, and the things they've done, with canceling articles on social media. It's unbelievable. It's, like, it's almost like an agenda without saying it. Just watching a video of a woman that got fired as a doctor, she was let go from working at a hospital down in Texas. And the reason why is because she uh, treated her patients differently than the CDC demands. Not suggests, demands. And the crazy thing about it is she, she basically uh, worked with, treated 2,000 patients, and not one was sent to the emergency room. Not one. And she said, I'm not, anti, um, I'm not anti-vaccine. Matter of fact, I'm not anti-shot. The fact is, I was a small place, so they couldn't get it to me at first because the bigger hospitals were getting it first. So I had to do something to save my people. So I did what I knew best. And because she did that, she got fired from her job. They didn't go to her and say, hey, you had 2,000 patients and not one went to the hospital? What are you doing? 
That's following the science. So we're like, this is getting political. No, it's not. I'm talking about the agenda that's going on, the system that's going on behind it. It's, it's literally the devil's working through traditional, almost normal means to condition us. The Bible says that pestilences and plagues will appear at the end. Listen, and they will be of supernatural origin. 1 John 4 says simple thing. It says, what do you do when these things take place? Can I, can I be honest with you? This thing that's happening in this country is almost taking all the Christians and putting them into a corner. And it's really against, it's persecution against Christianity because of our beliefs. And this is the funny thing. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. This is, this is going to be a little strange. I don't think anybody, I don't think a lot of people aren't necessarily against the VAC. Well, if I say it, like algorithms and all that crap. It's what they're trying to do with it. It's the spirit behind it. It's like, if I could say it like this, and if you've got the, 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 great, bless you, glad, do it. I'm talking about the lack of peace I feel when they talk about it. Test the spirits. Test the spirits. Again, I'm, listen, I got marks on my shoulder to show where I've gotten things. I'm not saying that. I'm telling you, test the spirits. It seems like there's something behind it that is causing Christians to go, whoa. Now, I know there's some Rambos out there like, that's my freedom. You're not going to take my freedom. Great, man. Stand up. Go for it. I'm, I'm all for you. That's fine. But I think for a lot of people, it's just like, it doesn't set right. The Bible's very clear about that. You're supposed to test the spirits to see if they're of God or if they're not. I think, that, you know, see, because the, the world doesn't have the Christian perspective. They don't understand what we know, what we see, right? So they look at us and they think we're all Trumpians, right? That's what they think. Well, they forget that Trump took the ink. It's not that. There's something, at least for me. Again, it's not about the medicine. I, again, I, my wife... I differ a little bit in this area. For me, it's the agenda behind that does not set right with me and my spirit. I said a lot more than I planned on. But anyway, the next one, through natural means, that was the first one. The next one is through entertainment, movies. Today's cinema, catch this. This is so true, man. Get ready for everybody in this place to step on your, for me to step on your toes because I'm stepping on mine because this is me. Today's cinema proliferates the supernatural with some of the most popular movies actually invoking demons and the demonic. How many people have ever heard of the Conjuring movies? A lot of you probably have already seen them. It's con, you know what the word conjure means to conjure up spirits, to bring the spirits. I'm telling you as a Christian, we got to quit being so numb that we can sit through these movies and then they don't bother us. The, the franchise, they put out like six or eight movies. And I'm going to get to a point here, so just stay with me. Don't get too offended and go, oh my gosh, she's so mean. Yeah, okay. Truth sometimes hurts. Ready? That franchise has made over $2 billion. Now, some of you I know, some of you are like, oh my gosh, I've been to all of them. Listen, that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you to wake up. Can I tell you another one? Ready? Y'all not going to know which this one is. Conditioning. Numbing. I know for a fact what you say, because I'd say the same thing. Well, I'm able to filter that stuff out. It doesn't impact me. To be honest with you, I don't watch, personally, I don't watch horror movies. I can't handle them. If I go to, a, one time I went as a teenager to a horror movie, and it wasn't even really that scary, but the whole time I sat like this. That's exactly what I keep hearing. People watch this movie, and they're like, it's not even scary. Can I be honest why it's not scary? Because you're numb to it. Because you've gotten numb to it. Horror house, that's funny. You'll remember that forever, won't you? 
So hold on, hold on. Ready? This there, there's two movies. What's the name of that clown? Pennywise, right? Is that what it's called? I've never seen these, by the way. None of these. I'll be honest with you. I just I'm not into this. Ready? Grossed over 1.2 billion dollars. Ready? The opening scene consists of a six-year-old boy named Georgie sailing a paper boat along a rainy street before it washes down a storm drain. Looking into the drain, you know, if you've watched it, you know Georgie encounters a clown who introduces himself as Pennywise, the dancing clown. By the way, clowns used to be fun. Ready? Georgie is enticed to reach into the drain and retrieve his boat, where Pennywise bites his arm off and drags him into the sewer. Good Christian entertainment. I'm almost done. Some of you are like, please, just go on to the next point. Here, ready? Here's another one that is very, very popular. Listen, I hate to tell you, you can't classify sin. You can't, oh, this one's really bad. I wouldn't touch that. But, you know, Pennywise is kind of fun. What I'm trying to tell you here is you've got to be careful because the devil is coming in ordinary, supernatural, but ordinary ways where he's just numbing us down, dumbing us down to violence, to sex, to everything else. And we just, like, well, I, I have the ability to look past it. No, you don't. No, you don't. This series is about overt torture and dismemberment of people that made over $1 billion in sales. And this is what I said, ready? You said it already because it's already people say this to me all the time, ready? And the sad reality is many will say, well, they really aren't that scary. I, I find it ironic that the world has had to put a rating system on movies. Rated G, everybody can go. PG, parental guidance. Rated PG-13, got to be over 13. Rated R, got to be over 18. Rated at, right? They've set the standard. Why are they setting the standard? We have seen more violence in our lifetime than our predecessors did for a thousand years. We see it on a daily basis, and we are so numb to it now that we don't even think twice about it. We see a rated R label, and we don't think, we, no, you know, it's just a woman's body. I've seen it before, no big deal. And you don't realize, inch by inch, foot by foot, the devil comes in, numbs us, and before long, we're susceptible, susceptible to more into more, into more. Confession. Going into confessional. I like the Jason Bourne movies. I like the John Wick movies. But I'll be honest, the last John Wick movie I sat through, when I got done, you can ask Joe, I think I told him. I said, I think I just sat through an hour and 45 minutes of people punching each other in the face the entire time. There wasn't a storyline. It was violence from beginning to end. And I thought, what did I just do? I've had people say, Another way he comes in supernaturally is through the unknown. At least I'm convinced of this. UFOs. Has anybody noticed that they actually now kind of have proof that there's such things as UFOs? Did you know that? And by the way, when I say UFO, it's an unidentified flying object. Do you know that they now have, the military now has a video that shows UFOs? Did you know that? How many people knew that? Raise your hand, right? Okay, so most of you knew that. Nobody cares. Nobody's like, oh my gosh. I, I've been astounded with that. I mean, we've, we're talking about going all the way back to Roswell where people were like the world turned upside down that there might be a flying object that landed on the ground and the government covered it up and moved it to Area 51. And there was movies and stories. And all of a sudden, they release all this cache of information in the last year saying, oh yeah, pilots are seeing these things go 20,000 um, miles per hour and they don't know how to explain it and they're doing curves and turns and things that are impossible. We're talking respectable, legitimate Pentagon sources and it was like, oh, 
Why isn't anybody going, oh, we're so conditioned. It's like the devil's just getting us used to the supernatural, just getting us used to, you know, crazy things. Like, I don't know about you, but 30 years ago, if these documents would have been released, it would have been the number one story on every news station, would have been number one on every newspaper. It's page nine. No one, I mean, I sit there and I'm thinking, you mean to tell me there could be creatures that do things that are beside our laws of nature? Doesn't that bother anybody? Now, I'm going to tell you what I believe they are. I believe it's demonic. I believe it's things crossing over from one dimension to another, and they're demonic. I truly believe that's what they are. I'm not going to tell you that of all the billions of billions and trillions of galaxies that there is another life. I don't know that. I'm not smart enough to know that. But I will tell you what we're seeing here on Earth, I truly believe is demonic. I believe it's things passing through um, from, from uh, the different heavens. You know, Paul said the first, second, and third heaven, passing through the heavens and appearing to man. And I'm telling you, you're going to see more and more and more of it. Brace yourself. You're going to see more and more and more of it because their time is short. And they're conditioning. They're conditioning. I've sat there and I, and I said to myself, do you remember when ISIS really made its mark several years ago? And they were beheading everybody. And I, it was horrific, right? I mean, I, I, I was, remember just, go, I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't watch it. I can't watch it. It's just so aghast. And, and then they were taking people and setting them on fire alive and, and doing things that were so despicable. And I'm sitting there going, I, I just can't, my spirit, I can't do it. Conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. More and more violence, more and more sex, more and more, more and more evil. We're getting so conditioned and used to it that now we don't even think twice about it. We hear about the ISIS beheading somebody, and it's like, oh, another person? Come on, we know it's the truth. It's over and over. It's like waves on a beach hitting us over and over. And as Christians, we're supposed to be a city on a hill. We're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to, people are supposed to look at us and see somebody different than the world. From a political website, which is a famous website. This is Politico. This isn't a Christian website. This is a, a website that everybody knows. A bipartisan proposal to create a more expansive military and intelligence program to study UFOs is urgently needed to determine whether unexplaining sightings by the Navy and Air Force pilots pose a threat or are evidence of some other entity, the lead sponsor said Wednesday. Some other entity entity. Our government's admitting there might be other entities. We're conditioning. They're getting conditioned. Conditioned that the supernatural is no big deal anymore. It's just part of life. It's just going to be a part of life. Why? Come on. I'm going to tell you. It's so important for you to understand why why this plays such a big part. Getting conditioned and prepared for the end. To revere a man who can perform signs and wonders. And for when there's a rapture where millions of people disappear, there's an explanation. 25 years ago, a million, millions of people disappear. People are going to be like, oh my God, they're going to seek the face of the Lord because they know it has to be the rapture. Now it could be anything. It could be COVID. It could be aliens. Just found out <laughs> last night, my wife and I were watching a program that there's supposed to be an asteroid that hits our earth in 2029. Did you know that? No one's talking about that. 
We need to wake up and realize we are living in this day and age, and Jesus gave us more than enough warning to know what it was going to look like. And if it doesn't shake us to our core to serve the Lord, something's wrong. Because the devil's working overtime to get the church to be less like Christ and more like the world. Systems. Next thing I want, point I want to make. Systems. In Revelation 13... The Bible explains that the Antichrist will gain control over the nations of the world. This person called the Antichrist, he's going to be a very charismatic figure. He's going to come on the scene. Everybody's going to love him. And uh, most people obviously are going to have no clue what's going on. For three and a half years, he's going to promote peace. He's going to sign peace treaties. He's going to make it a time probably where there's never been so much peace and prosperity in the entire existence of the world. And then at three and a half years, things are going to go south. And I've talked about that. Can I tell you what that term is called today? This one world stuff, it's called globalization. And I'm going to say globalization isn't bad, obviously, trading and so forth, but it's all taking place. Did you know there was never a time where one person could have controlled the nations of the world until now? Did you know that? There's no way one nation could control the other nations. There's always been distinct territories, right? Distinct people groups, distinct ethnic groups, distinct languages, distinct currencies, all those things. There was never a way for there to be a person to rule the world until now. And how did that happen? The pandemic brought about a man named Dr. Fauci. And this is not anti-Fauci, so you're missing it. What I'm saying is the systems of the world have now been put in place where one man can make a declaration and the entire world listens. If you don't think this, don't think this is a trial run to get into the place where an Antichrist can rise and say something and everybody listens, you're missing it. Am I calling Fauci the Antichrist? Absolutely not. He's nowhere near as charismatic. He's not very beloved. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the system has now been put in place for a person to come along did you even know who he was three years ago? He's probably the most famous person in the world right now. And he holds, listen, ready? He holds no position of power. He's not a king. He's not a prime minister. He's not a president. But what he says goes. Yeah, and I, I, if you're not listening spiritually, you're going to think I'm speaking a political message. Please don't get that out of this. I'm talking about from a Christian perspective. If you stand back and watch what's taking place. In order to have a one-world leader, all countries must be equal. They must be dealing with the same issues or problems. They are going to be feeling the same pressures and fears. They need things to take place in order for one man to come on the scene and hopefully, what they think, bring help. Can I tell you something? The degradation of the U.S. and the outright attack on our Constitution shouldn't surprise any of us. We're the only country where the people truly hold the power, at least we used to. Do you hear me? That cannot be the case if a world leader is, in, is to rule. The power has to be taken from the people, and we're seeing that happen right before our eyes. The more government you know, can get you to need them, the more they can control you. The more we give up our rights, the more those rights will go to nefarious uses. Come on, the heart of an, every, every person that is apart from Christ, there, there lies an evil heart and evil intent. Every right we give up, whether in the name of science or justice or fear, will lead to evil results. You can bet on it. And I make, this, I make this statement hesitantly, but I honestly believe we're one more large crisis away from all this taking place. If you look back the last two years, what this virus did, one more large crisis, which will probably be bigger than this, away from a person coming on the scene and ruling. Is anybody ready for some good news? 
So you might like, this is the Thanksgiving season, holiday, Christmas season, and you're really terrifying me. I'm hoping to shake you a little. The last one, restorations. Some of the signs that come at the end times. This is the good news. Ready? The last verse of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi says what? God is going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. I say it again because you need to be encouraged by this. In the last days, I believe God is going to move upon the hearts of the fathers to be restored to their children. I believe God's going to restore the children's hearts to their fathers. How many people know the devil has tried to destroy the father's place in the home for years? He has tried to diminish it emasculate it and quite frankly try and show that a family can be healthy or healthier without a father did you know the number one problem facing families today is fatherlessness did you know the number one reason young men go to jail fatherlessness you want to know the number one reason for poverty in the home fatherlessness did you know that children are twice as likely to commit suicide in a fatherless home did you know that mental health issues are significantly more in a fatherless home did you know that drug and alcohol use are significantly more in a fatherless home why wouldn't the devil want to separate the father from the home but god saw this day i say it again god saw this day And he said, I'm going to restore what the devil has tried to destroy. And he said, I'm going to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the children to the father. Another thing, I've told you this already, but I love this scripture. The Bible also promises a restoration of position. Come on, this is important because you need to get this. This is really, really important. For most people today, we've lost our identity. Genders. We've lost our identity. We've lost who we are. And can I tell you, it's infiltrated in the church. We don't know who we are. Because I want to tell you right now, if you understood truly who you are in Christ, you'd walk differently, you'd talk differently, you'd think differently, you'd act differently. If you truly understand that you are a son or a daughter of the king, if you knew that God loved you and he's for you, that he's chasing after you as we sang this morning, if you truly believed that, you would walk differently. Not only circumspectly, not only blameless, but with a, come on, with a hop, skip, and a jump in your step. If you recognized how much he loves you, how much he wants to bless you, how much he wants to encourage you, how much he wants to keep you encouraged in these tough times, if you understood that, we would act differently. But what I see taking place, and I'm going to be honest with you, is this attitude almost that I see in the world of being downcast and discouraged. And, 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 you know, like even a message like today, you'll take this and go, oh, my gosh, I'm so discouraged. No, 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 no. What are you talking about? These are signs that God gave us not to cause fear, but to prepare us so we can overcome. We can be victorious. So the restoration of position, where where is he going to start? I'm going to tell you where he's going to start. He's going to start in our sons and daughters. What does it say? Our sons and daughters will prophesy. They're They're going to have an ability to minister powerfully, to prophesy, to declare boldly the truth. The devil has long worked overtime to try to take this generation. He's been after it for a long time, but I believe it started in the 60s with the sexual revolution and the drug revolution, and he's been after generation after generation trying to break up the family, trying to destroy the center of morality, trying to go after the children, and little by little, each generation, less people go to church, less people believe in God, less people read their Bibles, less people pray, and we're seeing the effects of it as a whole. But I'm here to tell you that God's going to bring restoration. He's going to bring restoration. He promises it. 
I love that my God can look into the future. He saw when he was uh, telling these people to write the Bible, and, and they were transcribing it according to the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want you to write this down. The last verse in the Old Testament, the last declaration made, I'm going to restore father's hearts to children and children. How did he know that? He's God. Number one issue we're facing today is fatherlessness. The looting that's going on, fatherlessness. Somebody, get this. The violence, the anger, fatherlessness. Where there's a healthy father in the home creates a healthy environment, which creates a center for morality, where it creates wholeness. I am an authority on this because I grew up in a broken home with an absent father. And I know the struggles I dealt with and still deal with because of it. So I have a great encouragement that I'll see that restoration take place, and I'm going to see the restoration of our sons and daughters. So I want to end with this. What do we do? What do we do? I'm going to give you the battle plan in the next couple of minutes. This is what we do. Number one, remember God's word. Some of you need to do this every single morning. Boom! Remember God's word. When you're about ready to give up, remember God's word. When you're about ready to say something that you don't mean, but you're frustrated and angry, remember God's word. You need to start convincing yourself that the word of God is real. Some of you are like, I believe in the word of God. Oh, really? Your actions tell me otherwise. Remember God's word. What, do I, what am I talking about? Two things. Just remember these two, and it will revolutionize your life. Come on. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So everything that he's doing can't overcome me unless I let it. Greater is in me. Second, more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You know what I call that? You're a dominator. I've told you this before, and I don't know if people even get it. Sometimes they call it arrogant. When I walk into a place, when I walk into a restaurant, when I walk into a business, I dominate the place. And I don't mean like, you know, some of you are like, well, yeah, you talk a lot. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritually. When I walk into a place, I own it spiritually. Nothing will come against me. I told you when I walk into Walmart, I'm looking around, not just at what I'm going to buy. I'm looking around to see if anybody needs ministry. I'm expanding the kingdom into Walmart, into Acorn, every place I go. And that's the attitude. But I, I'm telling you, oh, I just want you to get this so strong. But I see what happens with Christians is you get down and discouraged and you just kind of walk with your head down like this. Gallon of milk. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm great. You go home and you saw nobody. You did nothing. You're walking a defeated life. I want to tell you right now, God says we're more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Another thing you do is you resist fear and protect your faith. This is so important. In these last days, these things aren't supposed to cause fear as a Christian. It's supposed to cause great hope because our redemption draws closer, draws nigh. Resist fear. Protect your faith. I don't care how much faith. I'm, some of you I know would tell me, Pastor, I just don't have a lot of faith. I don't care what size faith. Just protect it because faith still impacts. Another thing, place your hope fully in God, not in the world systems. Fully in God. You know what that means? You put your trust and hope in God. He will not disappoint you. The world will. Our president, I don't care who it is, our government, I don't care who it is, I don't care what they're doing. I want to tell you, they, they, my hope is not in them. I was quite frankly a little discouraged when I saw Christians ready to jump out of windows when President Trump lost. I'm like, where's your hope? Yeah, I understand. He did some good things for the church and so forth. I get that. I understand it. But ultimately, where is your hope? 
Jesus made the comment, he goes, I did not put my trust in man because I know what's in man. Did he trust people? Absolutely. He trusted his disciples to take his message to the world, but his ultimate trust was in God. Where is your hope this morning? In the systems of this world? If it is, you're in trouble. Where's your hope this morning? Is it in your good looks? You're really in trouble. If it's in your pastor, leave. It's in God. Always, no matter what happens, we have a firm foundation. Our house is built upon the rock. And when the storms come, not if the storms come, when the storms come, it will stand. My house isn't built upon the sand, the things that change and maneuver and up and down and so forth. Some of you are so connected to things that every time they hop, you hop. You're connected to, you know, like the politics and just politics only. And every time something goes south, you're like, ah. And everything, something good, oh. As a Christian, that's not how we should be. Do I celebrate good things? Absolutely. I praise God for victories. But I also know that God is my rock. And I will stand upon him and it's not going to change no matter what. And who, as President of the United States of America, there's coming a day that the sky's going to part, my Savior's going to return, a trumpet's going to sound, and I'm heading off this planet. That's my hope. That's my trust. That's my faith. And I pray my family, my friends, my church are all going with me. Ezekiel 22.30 says God was looking for someone who would repair the wall and stand in the gap, in the breach before him on behalf of the land so that he would not destroy it. But he found no one. I'm telling you, all these signs and events that are taking place, nowhere are we to go into hiding, into despair, live in fear, but continue with what Jesus said from the beginning, which is go into the world and make disciples. Can I tell you what we should be doing right now? There should be a quickening in our spirit if we truly believe that we're living in the end times to get people saved. To stir ourselves from apathy. There should be an increased burden to share the gospel. There should be a decrease of worrying what people think about you. Less self-preservation and more how can we reach those that are blinded. It's utterly, utterly important. The whole end time message all of it was to prepare, and this is the thing about it, I'm going to say this and I've said it before, but God must trust you with the end time message or else you wouldn't be alive in this day and age. He must think you have the ability to overcome or else you wouldn't be alive right now. This is good. He must think you have the faith to make it or you wouldn't be alive right now. You'd been alive 200 years ago. This generation, he believes that you have what it takes to endure to the end. So what do we do? We see the signs, all that's going on. We're aware of them. We see them. We look at them. We understand. We go, okay, it's getting closer. Yeah, I sense that. Yep, okay, right. Hey. But we never take our eyes off the Lord. Because the moment you take them off the Lord and put them on situations, it's the moment you're going to get depressed, discouraged, and not want to move forward. And I want to I tell you, I'm not a prognosticator. I have no idea how long this is going to be. I have no idea. I have, that could be tomorrow, could be 20 years. I have no idea. But I will tell you, I believe we're in the birth pains. And how long that lasts, I don't know. But ready yourself and ask the Lord to give you a burden to reach those that don't know. Ask the Lord to give you a burden to reach those that don't know because time is short. Time is short. Don't be worried about what people think about you. Really? Don't be worried about the message you carry. 
Because I want to tell you, in an ever-increasing evil world, catch this, as it grows darker, the only light they're going to have is you. The only ability for them to be... I mean, they're... People, can you see it? They're, they're, they're like blind, leading the blind, Jesus said. They're grasping, and they're just trying to feel their way through. They don't even know what they're doing. They're just grasping. And here you are. You have the light. You can see. And when you come into their life and bring the light, they can see. Be a city on a hill. Be light in the darkness, salt. People's lives depend on it. So again, why a message like this? To prepare you for what's coming so you can prepare others for what's coming. That's why we preach messages like this. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure Lighthouse is not the group of virgins that are sleeping, that are without oil. You're going to have your vessel, and you might not like it, and I might have to kick you in the pants a few times, but you're going to have your vessels filled with oil. So when he comes, you go meet him. Amen? I'm, uh, for the next couple of weeks, going to be speaking, doing a short another mini-series, and then we'll get into Christmas. And, and then the day after Christmas, I'm preparing for the new year. I've got to, you know, I feel like the Lord has given me a vision for next year, and I'm going to be start laying that out for the year. We'll be talking about some of the things we're going to accomplish next year, go, things we're going to go after, things we're going to believe Jesus to do in our midst. God, we need the presence of the Lord, don't we? We need the presence of the Lord. But just so you know, my message, it's going to be, I believe, a two-week message at, at this point. It's two weeks. It's called Running on Empty, Running on Fumes. And I'm going to talk about that the next couple of weeks because, to be honest, that's the world right now. Not just the church, it's the world. We've overtaxed ourselves. We've overwhelmed ourselves. There's never been a time where there's more people dealing with depression, anxiety, stress. Never been a time where more people on medication We've overwhelmed ourselves. So how do we live? We're going to talk about that in the next two weeks. What a great Christmas message. It's fantastic because by the end of two weeks, hopefully you'll be encouraged to go into Christmas. Very encouraged. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. I pray, Father, these words would resound in their hearts that would not bring condemnation, fear, but conviction. Father, I pray, Father, we would, we, we would seek you first. We'd seek your kingdom. We'd seek your face. Father, um, Areas where we've compromised, Lord. Areas where we've allowed our eye gate to see things that we shouldn't see, to watch things we shouldn't watch, and we justify it, Father. Convict us, Father. Help us to be godly men and women, people that are in your image, because that's what you desire us to be. Father, we're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be holy like you're holy. Father, I pray for Lighthouse, Lord, there'd be a, uh, just a move of the Spirit of the living God in our midst, uh, bringing us into the image creating in us the image of Christ, the image of Christ as your bio, as your word says in Ephesians 4. I thank you for this people. I thank you, Father, uh, just for your goodness that is running after us. And, and I just pray an incredible blessing, protection, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, that our eyes see, that our eyes see, that our ears hear what the Spirit is saying. Protection upon those, Father, that are hunting today. Just bless families. Bless families. And we pray this, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. For more information on our church, check out our Facebook page or our website, www.lighthousecanton.com. Have a great week.